1: Help for them to get our head, but they're probably not the
0: questions that you want answered. So,
1: Yeah, writing them down for us is important because of our chemo brain. Let's get started. Welcome to the Bloodline with LLS. I'm Shona. Today we're on location in Denver, Colorado, at CancerCon. And for those who don't know, CancerCon is a conference held every year by Stupid Cancer, which is an organization that provides support to young adults and adolescents who are currently diagnosed with cancer or who are cancer survivors. So we currently have with us today Heather Juliet, who is a young adult survivor and an attendee here at CancerCon. Thank you so much for chatting with us, Heather. Thanks for having me. How are you liking CancerCon so far?
0: I'm loving it. I think it's unlike anything I've experienced, just because you have a family here without knowing anyone even. I think it's just really important for our community to feel like we have community because a lot of time it's very isolating. So it's been really great to be in rooms with other people that just understand.
1: How did you initially become involved with CancerCon? My friend
0: recommended me through her involvement with LLS. And so that's how I got to know the people at LLS that I kind of talked to to get to know more about Just being here and helping in any way that I could, so.
1: Yeah, um, so has CancerCon helped you as a young adult survivor? For sure. Yeah? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Definitely. Just the experience so far has just been so supportive, I would say. Yeah, that's something I've been hearing a lot here. People who are diagnosed as young adults, feeling like they have different needs. Could you tell us a little bit about your background and story and your experience with cancer? Definitely. So I had known something was wrong for
0: many years. Just, I'm a very intuitive person, and I just knew something wasn't right, and I was having all the symptoms, just didn't know what they were, couldn't piece them together, and went to numerous doctors and just got turned away. You're too young, you're too healthy, you're fine, which was so frustrating, and especially when you kind of just know something is not right, and I would push back a little bit and ask for more tests, and they just you know, a lot of times you're just unwilling to give them for their own reasons that they have in the medical community, which are totally valid, but just frustrating as a young person. And eventually developed such severe symptoms that I ended up in in the ER and the rest is kind of history, but I had most recently up to the period of diagnosis, all of the symptoms of Hodgkin's lymphoma, which was the cancer that I was diagnosed with. And I was diagnosed as stage four With two weeks to live, the time of diagnosis, which is not, you know, the best thing to hear. And that's two weeks to live, like if you had not started. (laughs) I had not not done anything. Yeah. Two weeks to live. And I'm like, wow, great. But yeah, so then the treatment plan was laid out. And I'm kind of a more natural holistic person by nature. And so it wasn't the first thing that I really wanted to go to was like chemo and radiation. It was just the definite answer that I knew I needed to do. Because there just wasn't enough time to do anything else. And just being advanced and my type of cancer was just no other option, really. So I did uh, six months of chemo and 30 days of radiation right after, and luckily got through it barely. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, I had every complication, every side effect. It was absolutely a horror story for me. And I'm just so glad I made it and had an amazing support system and was able to call myself a survivor at the end of it. So I'm super grateful and really, really involved in trying to
1: help others now because I just think it's so necessary. How old were you when you were diagnosed? 33. How did that feel to be so young? Like you were saying that the doctors were saying, you know, you're young, you're healthy, you know, get out of here. So how did that feel to be so young and to be diagnosed with something so serious?
0: It was shocking. At the same time, though, a relief because I actually had an answer to like, what I've been dealing with for years. And more shocking because I'm an extremely healthy person. I'm in the health and wellness field. Everyone in my family, including myself, is like you of all people. It's just, it doesn't discriminate against anybody. And so it was a real shock because of my health background and the fact that I was so healthy. And so that was, I think, kind of the the main feeling I was having but a lot of it was relief just to know that okay
1: I now have a name for it you have a diagnosis yeah Yeah, and that's the thing with Hodgkin's lymphoma too it just comes out of nowhere Um, you know there's that diagnosis peak of young adults where it's uh, you know more commonly diagnosed so yeah it's it's that your story is definitely not unique in that sense Mm -hmm. of feeling that way when you were diagnosed were there a lot of resources available for you Leukemia and Lymphoma Society has the First Connection program, which I definitely
0: took part in. I wouldn't say there was a ton that was made available to me, at least. I know there probably was. I just wasn't really given a lot of information by my doctor's office. So that was something I think I got recommended by a friend even. And then I got a flyer in my, like, congratulations, you have cancer packet, you know, (laughs) so they give you all kinds of information. And that was one thing that was in there. So I definitely took part in that. And that helped a lot.
1: What about now? Like as a survivor, what kind of resources do you turn to now? There aren't really
0: that many, to be completely honest. That's kind of my mission now is like creating some for people because there just really isn't a lot. I think the only resources now that I have are are things like this, like conferences and friends that have gone through it too, and like Facebook support groups that I've joined, but that's really it. There's just not a lot out there.
1: Right. And you you were on the panel this morning in our blood cancer session, and that really seemed to be a theme amongst a lot of the people who were speaking up and a lot of the people who are asking questions that, you know, survivorship is, a, is this whole different ballgame and whole whole different need of, for resources that a lot of times aren't there. And there was this sense of, you know, we were talking before how we could kind of feel it, this sense of, you know, anxiety in the room of, you know, I need answers. I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, what can I do? Like, how can I get them? So you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. There's like such a need for it. Mm-hmm. And because you feel so strongly about this, you're now working as an advocate and a mentor, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. It's like my life's work. (laughs) (laughs) Could you tell our listeners what that's been like? What have you been doing? Yeah. So it started just getting involved. I
0: literally, I think, reached out to every place I could think of asking how I could get involved and just get my name out there. And I became a certified yoga teacher right after my treatment ended because I wanted to, A, help myself because I was so... Frail and unhealthy, leaving treatment. That I needed something to find myself again, and something to get my life back. And my muscles were so atrophied, and my body was just, you know, very uh, frail. And you know, I'd gone through a huge trauma, and I needed something that would make me feel like a human again. Because I really didn't. It takes the human element out of you when you are going through something like that, where you just lose your identity a little bit, and you lose, you know, all your hair, and you just (laughs) don't feel like yourself. So I got my teacher certification to build myself back up and to also be able to help other people because I took a couple of yoga classes during my treatment that just really helped me feel supported and that other people in the room understood it was a cancer yoga class and I was like this is what I need to start doing mm-hmm. and helping people so I do that as much as I can trying to find places to volunteer with and I just moved to a new city and so now I'm just trying to get involved in the different associations there so I can offer mentorship on that. I have a health and wellness and fitness background. So I just try to like help with that knowledge that I can just give to people so they have resources.
1: yeah, I've, I did some work with a cancer support center a few yeah. years ago. And, you know, we were we were asking the patients their questions. We're doing needs assessment and what resources they needed. And then we also asked what resources are your favorite that are currently available to you. And every single one of them said yoga. I love cancer support community. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah, that's how I did my yoga for cancer classes through. They're awesome. Yeah. So I would love to see more of that for sure. So as a young adult survivor and, you know, having been down that road as a young adult, and we talked earlier about, you know, the specific challenges and the specific needs of the young adult community. So what do you think some of those things are? And like, how do you think those specific needs could perhaps be addressed? In survivorship? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, gosh. I, I feel like there are just so many. Clearly, as we saw this morning in that panel, there's, you know... Feeling alone still, even if you're in a conference, your story is still unique to everybody else's. Feeling like you don't know where to go, that maybe your medical center isn't giving you the resources that you need. You need support still. I feel like people sometimes don't understand your journey after it's done. They think, oh, well, you're a survivor now, so it's done, it's over. But it's really not. It's never over. And you have a whole nother phase, like a trimester of, you know emotions and physical things that you're dealing with and symptoms and you know, who knows, damage from chemo and radiation. You just don't know. There's just a lot of unknown and not a lot of statistics either to support survivors. And so I think that's something I really I try to focus on because I do see that as the biggest need in this community. So I'm really excited to, to see what we can do to change that and create more information and more resources for people. Especially for your mind, body and spirit, I think that's really important and It tends to go very awry when you are done and kind of you're still bewildered and don't know you're kind of stumbling after that whole traumatic experience you just went through. Mm-hmm. So we need to figure out a way to get people back on track in a healthy way.
1: Right. It's really interesting that you mentioned statistics and how there's not a whole lot of statistics surrounding survivorship issues and long-term survival. You know, somebody brought up in our session this morning, she's like, all the statistics are five years. She's like, I'm 25. I want to know the statistics for 30 years. Yeah. Um, and there just aren't a whole lot of those right now. I know. It's frustrating. So one thing that I know that you're passionate about talking about is fertility. Mm -hmm. That is definitely an issue that affects young adult cancer survivors, and it's huge. So what are your experiences with that, and what can you tell our listeners about that?
0: Oh, I love sharing this. (laughs) So I am super lucky that on the literal year anniversary of being one year in remission, I found out I was pregnant. And I mentioned this morning I'm kind of a unicorn in the field, especially in my Cancer community back home where I got my treatment, it just wasn't something that happened. And so my oncologist, my surgeon, I mean, everyone that ever treated me like called me and was like, "What?" <laughs> and they were so excited, and I was obviously super excited, super shocked. But it's something that I feel is really important because I took really good care of myself after treatment. I pushed myself to get back into shape. I built my muscle back up. I was doing yoga. I was eating properly. I kind of. Designed a nutrition program for myself. I have some background in that and just really wanted to get my body Back to a good place and it has not been easy and it still isn't to be honest for me I lost a lot of weight and had a lot of issues during my My journey and so i'm still kind of dealing with some of that But I was so lucky to get pregnant and had the most perfect pregnancy I did not know how it was going to (laughs) go I was monitored by like three different specialists that were freaking out the whole time And I was totally calm because I just felt fine and I said, you guys, don't worry. This is great. This is fine. And I carried my daughter to term. She was 40 weeks and born on her due date. And she's two and a half now. Oh, she'll be three in July. And she's super healthy. Mommy's healthy. And I couldn't be more excited. That
1: is so amazing. I know. Yeah. Oh,
0: thank you. So and awesome.
1: It's great to know that you had a, a good pregnancy, too, after yeah. such a hard time with chemo. Radiation. I did know.
0: <laughs> to be honest, I really was scared. Like, I didn't know what to expect. And it was fine. And I've talked to one other woman also who, same thing, she went through the same treatment I did and she also got pregnant. I think it took her a couple of years and she had fine pregnancy, no issues. I think it's just your personal story and you kind of have to make sure that you're being monitored correctly and yeah, just take responsibility during the whole process.
1: Excellent. When you were diagnosed, were your doctors upfront with you about potential fertility issues? Yes. They definitely talked to me
0: numerous times about it and were very honest with it. Yeah.
1: So, in terms of additional resources and support, I know you've been involved with LLS. So, how has LLS helped you throughout your journey? I think just
0: being the first
1: point of contact when
0: I was newly diagnosed and having the resource of having someone else to talk to was just so helpful. I mean, I can't even tell you how helpful that was. It really made going into this situation less frightening. And that's why I really wanted to like also become a, a peer-to-peer person because I just felt so grateful for that experience in the beginning. I also took part in the co-pay assistance program when I was going through my treatment. And they helped me pay for my insurance premiums because I actually wasn't working when I got diagnosed. I had just left my job and was moving mm-hmm. to a different city. So I didn't have <laughs> disability. I didn't have unemployment I, and I really needed the financial help. And so that really helped me as well. And then obviously I follow all the social media and just the new news that comes out and the new you know, discoveries that are happening with new drugs and stuff. I really like to keep up to date on that too.
1: Yeah. LS does a great job of yeah. providing information and updates and being on the cutting edge. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting that you talk about the the financial assistance aspect of it because, mm-hmm. you know, being involved in LLS and seeing, you know, I, I'm involved in the, the patient community, which is our online forum, and, you know, m- so many of their concerns are financial. Yeah. It's this entirely, you know, it's this huge stressor, this monster almost that pretty much everyone wears on yeah. their back. Yeah. yeah. And
0: it's, you know, the last thing that you need (laughs) when you're going through something that traumatic. And, you know, luckily my family put together a fundraiser for me, which I would definitely recommend to everyone that goes through this. If you have a family member that can put together some kind of fundraiser for you, it really saved the situation for me because I had to pay a lot of money out of pocket for things that weren't covered under insurance. And so that was my lifesaver during my treatment was my fundraiser for sure.
1: Excellent. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Anything else about your journey that you think they would like to hear?
0: Yeah. One thing I am super passionate about is just how to rebuild yourself after treatment because we don't get much information sent home with us. I'm a big proponent of mind-body connection and just making sure that we are getting back to a safe place with ourself and learning how to be us again and you know, re back into society and work and relationships and finances and like every single area. And one of the things during my journey that was really pivotal was my mindset and just meditation and really taking the time to connect and to make sure that I was taking care of myself mentally because it is such a mental game. And I can't stress enough how important your mindset is. It really, I think, was the catalyst in like helping me get over the hump of, you know, the... Really hard parts of it where I wanted to give up and quit. Really finding that inner strength and keeping my mind right in the game was the biggest key player in my recovery and still is to this day. I I think learning how to do self care after you go through something like this is so important. And I still, you know, I'm five years out, but I still do it every day. I take the time out that I need. I, you know, I still suffer from some anxiety and some physical stuff and different things that I've dealt with just due to my, my treatment and things. And I just make sure that I set aside a time for myself to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and that people around me understand why, you know, I'm leaving early or why I don't like Right. Wanna... Yeah. Just making sure that people understand you have a good support system. But I think that's a really big part of it is just keeping your mindset in the game and getting out of victim mentality and just really understanding your strength and taking power back because it's so difficult sometimes to
1: to get to that place but i think just finding people and to help you so if a newly diagnosed patient were to come to you what would you tell them about that mindset you know <laughs> man i think the most important thing is to keep yourself
0: don't let yourself become a victim that is a downward spiral into a dark place and If you do get to that place, try to get out as soon as possible. And I I definitely did. You know, I went to that place and I very quickly realized, nope, I can't be here. This is not healthy. So I just, you know, tried to only surround myself with happy things during treatment. I didn't watch scary movies or bad movies. I literally did everything to remain happy. No negative people, no negative anything. It was all happiness around me and people knew that. Like, don't come in the house if you're in a bad mood. I want all happy. And that really made a big difference in my journey and just having everyone else kind of know around me what I needed and asking for the help. It's okay to ask for help. And that was important for me, but just really making sure that you understand how strong you are and that you can do this. You have to figure out a way to find that empowerment and pull it out of you because, um, and if you need help, ask, I think that's the hard part. Some people just maybe can't do it themselves. So find a way to ask someone else for help. And that's another
1: theme I've been hearing a lot is it's okay to ask for help. It's necessary to ask for help because you can't just do it on your own. Yeah, definitely. And I think your advice about not watching scary movies is probably (laughs) the best advice I've ever heard. (laughs) Just I heard that from somebody and it was
0: the best advice. Like don't surround yourself with anything negative or dark. And I thought, duh, that makes total sense. (laughs) Like only, only watch comedies, only be around happy people. Like, yeah, it, it was
1: so awesome. It totally helped. Only be around things that make you feel good. Uplifting, yep. yeah. That's wonderful advice. Yeah. Yeah, so Heather, thanks so much for joining me on this episode and for sharing your story. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for having me. I really love it. Thanks